Hey everyone, it's Ednold. I started this story when I saw a plaque on the outside of a building and did a little digging to see what it was about. Imagine my surprise when it turned out that I had a family connection to the story. This story called for a little voice acting, so I enlisted members of the Edno family to do the voice work, and thanks to everyone who helped out. The Edno family will probably not be forming an acting troupe anytime soon, but hey, it saved me having to hire professional voice actors, and the results were, well, you'll just have to listen. This is a capital fortnight. Enjoy. When the Oregon Territory was first established in 1848, the territory encompassed an area that included the current states of Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, as well as parts of Wyoming and Montana, and the capital of the territory was Oregon City. By 1853, after the creation of Washington Territory, it was about half the size, but still included much of Idaho and parts of Wyoming and the capital had moved south to Salem. Since Salem is still the present-day capital of Oregon, one might assume that that has been the case for the past 169 years. That assumption would be incorrect. Almost 165 years ago, for just a few weeks, Corvallis was the capital of the entire Oregon Territory. Beginning in 1843, when representatives at Shampooey narrowly passed a vote to create a provisional government, there was a question as to where the capital of Oregon should be located. For a short time, Shampooey itself was seen as an acceptable meeting place, since it was conveniently located on the Willamette River between the Oregon City-slash-Portland area and smaller population centers to the south. Then Oregon City became the preferred location, since most of the elected officers were from that area. Without any government buildings, the meetings were held in private homes or churches. By 1851, officials had recognized the need for a more centrally located seat of government, and in that year, they passed the act to provide for the selection of places for the location and erection of public buildings of the Territory of Oregon. Whew. That bill named Salem as the territorial capital. Portland would be the site of the Territorial Penitentiary, and Marysville would be the site of the Territorial University. Salem, originally known as Chemeketa, was a popular choice due to its more central location and the fact that Jason Lee's Methodist mission there had already built a community with the infrastructure to handle large groups of people. Lee's home was very big by the standards of the time, and there were church and school buildings that could also be used as gathering places. 
The year after that first meeting in the new capital city, the Oregon Territorial Legislature again met in Salem in December 1853, where a petition was presented seeking to change the name of that city to either Thurston or Valina. At the same time, two other separate petitions were presented seeking to change the names of Salem and Marysville to Corvallis. Obviously, both names couldn't be changed to Corvallis, and a heated debate ensued, with the town of Marysville ultimately being awarded the new name of Corvallis. Since there was already a Marysville in California on the same stagecoach route as Oregon's Marysville, it was deemed wise to make the change. The legislators also recognized that neither Thurston nor Valina would be an improvement over Salem, and they let that city keep her name. So, the city of Salem, formerly Chemeketa, which was the capital, did not become Corvallis. And Marysville, which did become Corvallis, was not then the capital, but soon would be. Creating a new territorial government sounds like it would have been a lot of fun. After having settled on the location for a capital, the next step was to build a capital building to house the government. A portion of the money needed for the construction had already been approved by Congress and work began in 1854. But even as the capital building was under construction, the dispute regarding the location of the capital wouldn't die and in 1855, an act was passed moving the capital to Corvallis. In 1851, Marysville slash Corvallis had been named the seat for Benton County government, as well as the site of the Territorial University. Corvallis, led by founder Joseph Avery, a longtime member of the Legislative Assembly, agreed to trade the university to Jacksonville in southern Oregon, and in return, Corvallis would get enough votes to become the state capital. Since Corvallis was even more centrally located in the territory than Salem, and was at the head of navigable water on the Willamette River, proponents of the move were able to pass the bill and Corvallis became the capital. So it was that on December 3, 1855, members of the Territorial Legislature met in session at Corvallis. At about this same time, the U.S. Treasury Department let it be known that the money they had appropriated for building in Salem couldn't be used in any other city. They also wouldn't be paying members for working in or traveling to anywhere other than Salem. Legislators were understandably not happy with this news, which was a big reason they didn't stay in Corvallis very long. They quickly passed a resolution to reconvene in Salem, and that was the end of Corvallis's time as territorial capital. As the Honorable Mr. Tickner of Coos County said during the discussion of the relocation, quote, let us go where the property of the territory is. Let us clue up, tack ship, and steer for Salem. The facts are to my mind most conclusive that it was nothing but corruption that caused it to be removed here in the first place. It has been removed by the tickle me and I'll tickle you game." End quote. 
It sounds like they play strange games in Coos County, but Mr. Tickner was not far wrong in his supposition. It wasn't until I was doing a little research on this story that I learned that my own great-great-great-great-grandfather, James Monroe Fulkerson, a founder of Linfield College in McMinnville, was also a member of the territorial legislature assembled in the Avery Building on the corner of 2nd Street and Adams Avenue on those fateful December days in 1855. I had been completely unaware that a recording of part of one of those meetings had survived and been passed down in my family since that time, and I would like to include it here for the edification of all. I hereby bring this legislative session to order. To open this meeting, I would like to begin by recognizing Mr. James Fulkerson of Polk County as the most intelligent, most well-spoken, and handsomest member of this body. Mr. Fulkerson will have the privilege of making any opening remarks he would like to make. Thank you, Mr. President. Actually, as our new host, I believe Mr. Avery Smith of Benton County may have a few opening remarks for us. Yes, Mr. Smith, maybe you would like to point out all of the advantages to us of meeting in this freezing shed in this dung heap of a village that is now our capital? Well, Mr. President, I understand that December doesn't exactly show our town is in the best light, but it's really quite a lovely place, and I would love to welcome you all to our wonderful little community. I'm sure you will all come to appreciate all that we have to offer in Benton County. Come now, Mr. Smith. This tiny, stinking, godforsaken place is to be our capital from now on. Mr. President, could you tell Mr. Tickner to stop tickling me? Yes, please, Mr. President. I, too, am not interested in being tickled by or doing any tickling of Mr. Tickner. Everyone will refrain from doing any tickling during the remainder of this session. Is that understood, Mr. Tickner? May I remind you that this is not Coos County? You are in... Where the hell are we again? Mary's, um, Corvallis. Oh, yes. Lovely Horvallis. Good Lord. <sighs> oh, now, Mr. President. At present, the streets are in the quagmire of mud and manure. It's true. And the accommodations are not what you used to be used to. But... It's a long way from home for most of you. I believe you have made my point quite well, Mr. Smith. Thank you. This arrangement cannot be allowed to last. Please be seated. But, 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 but we have paved roads. We can add a couple of bridges. We can also put up a Marriott across the street. We can put up a Dairy Queen around the corner and a Burger King down the road. Just imagine the whole town full of football fans on the autumn afternoon or baseball fans in the spring it will be glorious 
This is a democracy, Mr. Smith. There will be no further talk of royalty here. And I don't know of these balls of which you speak, but may I suggest that if any balls need looking after, they be your own? I believe we have heard quite enough from you, Mr. Smith. I only ask you give the grand community of Marysville, um, I mean Corvallis, a chance, sir. Stand down, Mr. Smith. Surely you must admit that this place sucks. Whose idea was this, anyway? With much confusion, Mr. Smith, who was already standing, attempts to continue standing while also somehow being down. Mr. Smith, I repeat, stand down immediately, or I will declare you out of order. Mr. Smith embarrassedly look around the room, reportedly alternating between a half squat and standing to his full five-eight height, attempting to fulfill the order to stand down while silently imploring the other counselors to help as to what that means. That's it, Mr. Smith! Mr. Dennison bangs his gavel loudly. Remove yourself from these chambers immediately. Mr. Smith, now standing on his head with his legs resting against the north wall of the room. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I haven't the slightest idea what you're asking me to do. Leave, Mr. Smith, or at least sit down and shut up. That's what I'm asking you to do. And none of my delicious homemade chili for you when this is over. All in favor of moving the capital back to Valina, say aye. I believe you mean Salem, Mr. President. Mr. Dennison throws the gavel which strikes Mr. Pebbles of Marion County on the shin and bolts across the room towards Smith. Damn you, Smith! <laughs> The legislators returned to Salem and assembled in the new Capitol building on December 17th. Salem would remain the Capitol from then on, and Oregon State University didn't end up in Jacksonville. A few days later, the legislature adjourned for the holidays, and later that same month, I couldn't find any two sources that agreed on the exact date, the brand new capital and everything in it went up in smoke, burned to the ground in a fire that lasted two days. The committee appointed to investigate the fire believed that it was purposely set. No proof was ever presented, but it was suggested that the fire was the result of a nefarious arson plot hatched by a group of Corvallis residents angry that their town's time as capital had been so short. Is there any truth to that vicious rumor? As with all residents of the former capital, I have been sworn to secrecy. After the fire, Joseph Holman offered a building in Salem for the territory's use. The Holman building, originally planned as a hotel on the northwest corner of Commercial and Ferry Streets in Salem, was home to the legislature and other government offices until 1876. Still, 
Not everyone was in favor of Salem, and for several more years, the debate regarding the capital location continued to rear its ugly head. At one time or another over the next 10 years, both Eugene and Portland were seriously considered. Finally, in 1864, a general election was held that decisively rendered Salem the permanent capital, probably because, as one writer put it at the time, people were heartily tired of the tiresome question. The Avery Building on the corner of 2nd Street and Adams Avenue in downtown Corvallis was torn down a long time ago. But there's a new building on that same spot that's home to a bicycle shop, and there's a plaque outside marking the place where the territorial legislature and my four-times great-grandpa Fulkerson gathered 165 years ago. That was a capital fortnight. Still amazing to me that we had that authentic recording from 1855. People sure talked funny back then. Hope you enjoyed it and maybe even learned a little something. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.